Gather round, gather round. Welcome back to the Lance McLaughlin Show. We got some things to talk about today. Uh, first of all, as always, thank you everybody for checking out the Patreon. Um, there's been a lot of positive feedback on that, and I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. Um, new episodes go up on the Patreon every Monday at 10 p.m. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Now, uh, first things first that I want to touch on. Um, a lot of you know that uh, that I stream. A lot of you have watched my stream. Um, I also understand that not everything I talk about everybody's going to enjoy, but uh, I think this is important to talk about because it extends past streaming. Um, Streamlabs is a garbage company. Everybody has known this for a long time, but they've kind of been such a big leader in the space that... Uh, that a lot of people have used them. And also a lot of people are kind of blind to the things that they've been doing. I've been on Twitch and uh, like since Justin TV. So for over 10 years, I've been a part of the, the streamer culture, I guess. And what whether that's rotted my brain or not, that's, that's irrelevant. <laughs> um, but Streamlabs used to be uh, like a different company. They were purchased and uh, and rebranded into Streamlabs a few years ago, and with the the kind of like uptick of Twitch over the last few years, like that that insane growth that Twitch has had, um, Streamlabs has kind of become like the forefront because everybody's like, oh, what do I need to stream? And then they go to they find Streamlabs is like the first search result on Google, um, and uh, Twitch supports them. They have a lot of things like the. Sorry about that. Holy shit. Um, Twitch supports them. Um, and uh, they they actually just recently partnered with Twitch for this. Uh, uh, it's, it's a it's a service where you can use you can kind of like customize your stream. Um, if you stream off of a console, uh, it's also a, a service where you can, um, I believe, stream out of like a web browser. And uh, basically what that does is that eliminates the need for OBS. And if you guys have ever tried to stream off of a console, you can't customize anything about your stream. Like you can't really have any overlays or anything on it. Um, and uh, that, that kind of sucks. Uh, I've had to stream off of a console before just because I didn't have my PC at the time. And um, this uh, the service allowed you to do a lot of different things outside of just having a streaming software on a PC. So um, the company that originally did this is called Lightstream. Um, I know some of the people at Lightstream, they're great people. Uh, if you guys are interested in that service, please do look them up. Um, essentially, what Streamlabs did is what Streamlabs always does, is they see something that somebody else has come up with, and they feel the need to uh, take it, rebrand it, and pass it off as their own. Now, I understand that this is common business practice, no matter how ethical or unethical. Uh, there's a lot of um, capitalist minds out there I guess that are like that's business that's just business it's like yeah but I mean it's shitty and and people have a choice to support that or not especially whenever it's a fucking streaming alerts company like everybody always wants to compare it to like using Amazon like people really have like a like some people actually don't really have much of a choice but to use Amazon in a lot of cases like like for me I live I don't live in a major city so if I need to shop for something it's either order something on Amazon or drive two three hours to get to um, an area that would have the product that I need. So it's like there's some necessity there, right? Um, and whether you agree with that or not, that's just kind of a, an example that I'm, that I'm throwing out. You know, you, you don't want to support 
major corporations, but not everybody has a local grocery store, right? Not everybody can afford to shop local all the time um, because there is a cost difference and there is a, there's a risk and there's a, um, there's a difference. And in this case, there are alternatives and people are switching from Streamlabs to things like Stream Elements uh, by the bunch. And I've seen some big, uh, some big name streamers like Baru, who was uh, sponsored by Streamlabs, um, disagreed heavily with what they did, and uh, he's switching. And I'm not sure if I actually got into exactly what they did, other than stealing the idea, the product. Um, essentially, Lightstream had a web page, right? So they have a page describing everything that they do, and there's a layout for the page, and there's text describing it and things like that. And uh, Streamlabs ripped that off. One for one, like n not kidding. I think they changed a couple of the pictures, um, but uh, but the, the text is almost identical. There's side-by-side -side screenshots of both pages, right? Um, they rebranded it as Streamlabs Studio and, uh, and, and stole not only the marketing uh, in terms of the web page, uh, but put this on their announcement of their partnership with Twitch. So if it wasn't bad enough, Twitch is in on this shit, okay? Um, and... Then on top of everything, the, the, the cherry on top, which is the major issue for me personally, is they took the reviews from the bottom of the page, cropped them so you couldn't see the profile pictures and things like that, and posted those as well. The reviews. The reviews that people gave Lightstream, the smaller company, saying they, they loved the product, they, they used it, and they, it really helped them, and it was great and easy to use. They took that on top of everything else, which to me is the worst thing that you could possibly do in that scenario. Because, again, people take ideas and people take products and uh, they brand them as, them, as, as their own all the time. You see it in uh, in grocery stores. You see it in, uh, in in retail products in terms of like headphones. I used to I used to work at Best Buy and I used to see it all the time. One company would come out with something, and then every other company would be like, "Oh, people like that. Okay, we're gonna make our version of it." Right? Uh, Sonos Sound Systems is a perfect example. Everybody's trying to recreate what Sonos is doing, uh, and and that that's just the tip of the iceberg there. But taking the product reviews from a smaller company. I don't think you can get much more scummy than that. And then once this came out, right, other things are now coming out, okay? Their their interview process is ludicrous. You're working at Streamlabs. You're not fucking, you're not, you're not interviewing for Apple. Like, Apple has some of the most rigorous interview processes of any company that I've ever heard of. Um, I have been a part of those interview processes, uh, I have friends that actually work at Apple, and they like it is, it is a nightmare to get through their their interview processes sometimes, and uh, and and so their interview processes. There's, uh, I believe the account is Eight Bit Dylan posted screenshots of all the things that he was supposed to do when he applied, not got the job when he was applying for the job. Um, everything from uh, gathering information on the website so they were supposed to make a um compile data 
for Streamlabs. And it was just like this list of shit that they had to do. And honestly, <laughs> it was just unpaid labor. Like, in terms of, like, streaming and things like that, like, data is really important, especially for companies. And Streamlabs, you would think, would have this data. But on top of that, they also uh, asked weird requirements like, uh, what's the biggest streamer that you're associated with? Like, do you know? Do you... Do you know a Tim the Tap Man? You know what I mean? Like, it was like things like that. It was weird requirements for an interview process. Like, who do you know type shit? And and it was just weird shit like that. And then OBS came out and talked about Streamlabs finally, which I don't know why they didn't do this a long time ago. Maybe they thought that people would think that they were jealous or uh, they were slandering them in some way. But some of you know about Streamlabs OBS. It was uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's Streamlabs version of, OB of OBS. Um, and everybody's always been kind of curious about, um, why S Streamlabs OBS works so differently from OBS Studio. Like, I've used both. Streamlabs OBS is dog shit, and I love OBS Studio. It's just like, they, they work way differently, and, and it's, it's very strange to me why they seem to function so differently. I was of the idea that they had purchased that name and they had purchased that product. Um, they did not. <laughs> OBS came out and talked about how um, Streamlabs approached them to purchase and use the OBS name. And they said no. And they did it anyway. So that's the type of company you're, you're, you're dealing with, uh, which is, you know, uh, a company that feels that if they can't buy the things that they that they want, if they see something and they can't buy it, then they just take it. And I'm really happy that they're that they're kind of getting called out and exposed a little bit. Um, this is not a, a, a thing of cancel culture. Like there's there's, I saw people on Twitter talking about, oh my god, we're canceling Streamlabs. No, 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 no. We're we're holding a shitty company accountable for the shitty things that they're doing. Canceling somebody is is being like, oh, this person has an opinion that I don't agree with. This person has an opinion that kind of hurt my feelings. This person thinks differently than me. Um, I don't like them. That's what I would consider cancel culture. Holding a shitty company accountable that is a multi-million dollar company by this point, partnering with some of the biggest brands in the, in the business, uh, it, it is disgusting. The fact that they've monetized everything that they've monetized about streaming, the fact that... Uh, They've done nothing but bully smaller companies and uh, and take what they wanted is, is fucking garbage. And I hate it, personally. I really do. I've hated it for a long time. Um, I finally made the switch to Stream Elements. This is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And, you know, they've taken everything from, uh, like, layouts of websites to ideas for products like somebody will release a product and Streamlabs is like oh that seems like a good idea we'll do that too you know we'll, we'll do it and and we'll make people think it's ours because we'll name it Streamlabs something and so people again just assume that they're the ones that came up with it and again whether you agree with that or not it's just kind of a dick move you know it's just kind of a like you know it's that, it's that old meme like you made that no I, I made that the fuck? And again, I know people do that all the time. It doesn't mean... It, 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 it's just shitty. And if I have an option not to support it, I'm not going to support it. You can do whatever you want. Um, I'm just, you know... <laughs> I've been a part of that... Uh, 
user base for a long time and I've watched it change over time and it's really shitty. It's really, really shitty and uh, I'm not going to be a part of it anymore. And if you guys want to, it's not a big deal. Like I don't, I don't think because you use Streamlabs, you agree with everything they do. Um, but for me, this was an easy switch just because Stream Elements 1 made it really easy for me to switch and 2... Um, Streamlabs was like, it wasn't like I was making money through Streamlabs, you know what I mean? Um, like they, they handled like my, my bank information and stuff, uh, through, you know, tips and donations through the stream, but stream, stream elements does the same thing. So it's not like I'm losing anything by swapping. Right. Um, and it was just shitty. It, like they're, they're shitty and they're shitty company, the way they treat, you know, employees, applicants, things like that on, on top of, uh, not only like unethical business practices, they they just they're just shitty, you know, and it's right there front and center for everybody to see. Finally, they've been, like I said, they they just take ideas, they see ideas and they take them, and that's just what they've been doing forever. It's and I I talked about this a little bit on stream, but it's so on par for Twitch culture as well because Twitch does the same thing too. Twitch pushed out Game Wisp and tried to push out Patreon and all that shit by uh by doing everything in the in their power to. Um, Twitch chant, Twitch used to rip off Mixer all the time. Like whenever Mixer started poaching streamers, they started ripping off Mixer. Um, it wasn't even innovating. It was, they would wait for Mixer to do an update and then they would just copy it. And, um, it was so people that were going to switch to Mixer could look at Twitch and be like, oh, but Twitch does the same thing that this company does. Like it was, it wasn't that they wanted to innovate for their user base or their streamers. They were innovating just to not even innovating. They were just changing things to emulate Mixer so that people had less reasons to leave. It wasn't like they were doing anything to improve the experience. Does that make sense? And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just wanted to lead off with that today because it's kind of a big story. Uh, I did a video on it on the main YouTube channel if you want to look at it. It's on Twitter as well if you want to look at the screenshot side by side and check that shit out. It's Lightstream. L-I-G-H-T. S-T-R-E-A-M, Lightstream. Um, now, on to something cool. I know some of you don't care about football, you don't care about sports, you don't care about college football, but Arkansas beat LSU in a fucking amazing game. Amazing game. Won 16-13 in overtime. Arkansas intercepted the ball in the end zone. When LSU only needed nine yards to score in overtime, we intercepted the ball and then ended up kicking a field goal and winning the game. The Hogs are fucking on it. I think that makes us 7-3 uh, and three now. We're back in the top 25 after we lost those three in a row. To be fair, though, the three in a row that we lost are... They, they, they were against fucking amazing teams, okay? They're, they're, one of them was to Georgia and, and the other two were uh, two strong ranked opponents. And that's just... We're back in the top 25. We play Alabama this week, and uh, we'll probably get our shit pushed back in our face, but hey, we beat LSU. We took the boot home. That's something cool that I thought was awesome, and again, some of you may care about that. Some of you may not, but uh, it was cool for me. It was cool for me. You guys know um, I'm, I'm a little Arkansas boy at heart, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a big sports fan, so that was really fucking awesome. Uh, Arkansas also signed a couple of top uh uh, top 100 recruits for basketball, which is amazing. So I'm super excited for basketball season to to get rolling, and uh, really excited for all the stuff that's going on with 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 hogs, with the with the hogs and uh, and their sports programs. Now, 
On to something that sucks. Actually, I don't know if this sucks or not. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait on uh, old Bobby and, uh, and Blizzard for right now. Uh, because the NF, uh, th this thing is, is part of the Streamlabs discussion. So on my video that I told you guys I posted uh, about the Streamlabs stuff, apparently somebody made an NFT of a, of a screenshot that Elgato made. Because if you guys go to my Twitter, you can see that Elgato like responded to that video. And um, apparently they they like screenshotted and like made a meme out of my video. And it was funny. And we had a little exchange where I was like, you know, hey, hey, like, don't ratio me like this is getting a lot of it's getting a lot of traction. Don't ratio me, bro. Like, that's not cool. And they like responded back. And it was a cool little interaction. Whoever runs the Elgato account kind of, you know, they understand it. They under they understand the uh, the the internet fun times you know they're not being weird they're just having fun with it and I appreciate that. Um, and apparently somebody made an NFT of it, so like my face is an NFT all of a sudden. There's probably more of me floating around out there somewhere, uh, because NFTs is like NFTs have gotten so out of control that like literally people are just taking my face and just making NFTs out of it. If you guys are doing that, like, I I guess just send me, like, 50%, I guess. If you ever sell an NFT, if any of you, like, if, do me a favor. If any of you ever sell an NFT for, like, tens of thousands of dollars and it's of my face, just have the balls to give me, like, half. I mean, that's literally my face. I'm too lazy to make NFTs. I don't care about them. Um, I understand that, that people are making money off of them and, and you know, people think they're you know, people are laundering money through them and, you know, it's a big scam. <laughs> I just, I, I, I hate NFT culture because people feel the need to constantly talk about them. You know, it's like they, they can't, their whole personality got wrapped up in NFTs. And I understand that some people made money, but if you ever see a, a image of my face and you ever sell it for a profit, just give me half, you know, it's my face. Just give me half. That's all I care about. I'm not going to make NFTs. You know, I don't, no, I'm not going to do that. But, yeah, apparently somebody made an NFT of it. So if you see it floating around out there, there's a meme of me. That's an NFT now. And <laughs> if you buy it and sell it, just give me half, man. Give me half. Whether you do it through the Patreon or you do it uh, just on the Twitch stream or something, just send me half. You know, this is cool. Half. That's my, that's my line in the sand is half. But now we can move on from the Streamlab situation. I just thought that was weird that I had an NFT of my face. So... It was kind of a, a, a fun little thing. Now, on to a couple of f interesting topics. Bobby Kotick, the CEO of uh, Activision Blizzard, has been confirmed to have not only known about sexual harassment, but apparently has uh, in some way participated and uh, and done nothing about it. And the board at Blizzard is supporting him. Supporting him. Which tells me immediately that those sick fucks on the board at Blizzard <laughs> doesn't want old Bobby to open his fat mouth about him. It's weird to me because the other day I was watching that movie Moneyball because it's on, it's on Netflix with... Uh, with Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt, the the movie about the 2002 uh, Oakland A's. And 
Bobby Kotick is in that movie, and I could not, for the life of me, remember, like, what he looked like, but I was like, dude, that guy looks so fucking familiar, you know, because he's got that little, like, he's like a troll, he's, it's like, you know those little troll dolls with the spiky hair, the spiky, like, colorful hair, that's what he looks like, he looks like one of those, and, and so he's got a very distinct look about him, and I was like, dude, where is he, why is he so familiar, and then I, I finally saw it trending on Twitter, and I saw his picture, like, no shit, there he is. There he is. Holy shit. That little gremlin. And of course, of course he knew about it. I spoke in, I can't remember what episode it was, but earlier in the podcast, I spoke about the blizzard when the allegations were coming out. And I was saying like, hey, you know, a lot of times like presidents don't know about this shit. Like people that are higher up on the corporate ladder don't know about the things that go on in, in, in these offices and, and they don't. It never reaches them. The sexual harassment, the um, the problems that get sent to HR never get escalated all the way to the top because in a lot of cases they don't. They get buried way before they get to the top. But apparently old Bobby knew everything about it. And I believe I corrected myself in like the next episode after I talked about that. But I just wanted to clear that up for anybody who maybe had listened to that podcast uh, episode um, or, or anything like that. I, I, I did want to go ahead and just clear that up because... It uh, apparently knew about it, which, I mean, fuck him. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just don't understand, like, how you can know about that shit and not be removed. I mean, we've, we've discussed this before. Rich people, um, heads of corporations, celebrities, they're not good people. They're not good people. They think that they're above everything. They, they, they don't think they'll get in trouble. They think they can get away with things. They think they can silence people that are uh, below them. They, you know, people that don't have as much pull. People that maybe, uh, you know, need uh, their their job to stay afloat, so to speak. And somebody made a good point, which was, you know, not supporting Blizzard means hurting developers of the games the executives are going to be fine they have millions of dollars of of stock they have super deep bank accounts you're not hurting them they're going to move on and and live their lives you're hurting the developers which is true but then what are you supposed to do you know like and it's just such a perfect example of feeling trapped as a consumer you don't want to support shitty behavior you don't want to support shitty people, but underneath those shitty people are are, are hundreds, if not thousands, of jobs um, of people that you know maybe you do align with, maybe you do agree with, and and it sucks that they would lose their job, but at the same time, like you know, you don't like the big dog, but you don't want to hurt the developers who are you know they're overworked and they're just trying to they're they're trying to enjoy their their job. You know, it's their passion to work on games and. You don't want to support it. You don't want to put more money in the pockets of the big dog, but you also don't want to take money and uh, and food out of the mouths of the developers and their and their families. It's um it's it's a tough spot to be in. And I, to be honest, I don't know what you should do. I don't play Blizzard games anymore, so you can do whatever. But uh, but yeah, Mr. Bobby apparently knew about everything that's going on. Did nothing. And then the board of Blizzard doubled down and was like, hey, he's our guy. He took all the necessary steps and is continuing to make our workplace safer and and all that bullshit, you know, that corporate shit. 
And I, I don't I don't get it. The old Bobby must have been having like Jeffrey Epstein style sex parties with his uh with his board. For all we know, Bobby's got his own island, you know? And I don't understand how you can support somebody who does shit like that. Like I you know what I mean? Like if you're the board and you have the power to remove him and he's doing something horrible and people don't like him. Don't get it twisted. People don't like that little creepy fuck, okay? I'm just, he's got he's got a weird face and weird hands, okay? He's he's strange. People don't like him. And to not get rid of him tells me that old Bobby's going to blow the whistle on all of them. That's the only explanation. He's got to have some dirt on them. Because, you know, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're Blizzard. They don't give a fuck about anybody. They've shown that before. It's just, I, I, I don't know how you, how you defend that, man. I, I don't, I don't understand it. It's just get rid of him. Like what really has he been doing other than laying people off? Like that's literally what he does. Blizzard will post record profits for a year. I made a video on this too. They will post record profits for a year and then lay off fucking 500 people at the end of the year. Use them up and throw them away, you know? And that's that that's what they do. They rinse and repeat. And you know, Bobby's salary keeps going up because he keeps taking more and then laying people off. He literally pays himself more money each year and then lays people. He gives himself a raise. And in order to give himself that raise, he fires a bunch of people. It's just, it's it's gross. And he's a, he's a dickhead. He's stupid. Get rid of him. Fuck Bobby. All my friends hate Bobby. You know? I don't, I don't know. Whether you like Blizzard or support Blizzard or don't want to support Blizzard, again, that's, that's completely up to you. Because there are good points there. You know, you don't want to hurt the developers, but, you know... Bobby's a shithead, and Bobby thinks he can do whatever he wants. Bobby's that kid that had the rich parents growing up. You know, Bobby's an only child, and he had the rich parents growing up, and he feels entitled to everything else that everybody has, and he feels like everybody should uh, should give him the things that he wants, and whenever he does something wrong, um, it's somehow your fault. I did something wrong. What? No, you made me do something wrong. I'm not liable here. I'm a victim here. Oh, fuck you, Bobby. Fuck you and your millions of dollars. Nobody cares. Okay, Bobby, do me a favor, okay? Buy a bunch of really small Legos, okay, and lay those out in your shower, okay? And then and then fucking stomp on them, okay? Do that. Do that for me, Bobby. Maybe lay on them, you know? I, I, that, he sucks. Trash can person. Trash can. When you look up trash can in the dictionary, you get him. You get him in Streamlabs. And my God, dude, I don't know what it is. I've tried to record these podcasts at different times every day to try to get around the train schedule. And uh, and there's a train going by right now. So I don't know if you guys can hear that. I <laughs> There it is. I don't... <laughs> you had to have heard that. I, if I can, I, I've tried to dodge these trains, dude, but they are non-fucking-stop lately. Don't know what it is. Maybe it's just holidays. Maybe... For some reason, the trains run more around holidays, I guess. I don't know. Um, 
But I do appreciate those of you listening putting up with, with the train noises. Uh, now on to our next thing, which is uh, something that I'm passionate about because it has to do with comedy. Um, and uh, one of my favorite shows of all time that I have watched um, take a fucking nosedive. And that is Saturday Night Live and the uh, kind of beef. I guess you can call it beef with Tim Dillon and Michael Che. Um, <laughs> Tim Dillon called out uh, a sketch that SNL did calling it a uh, hack. Which, for those of you that aren't super familiar with comedy, what 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 hack is, if somebody's being, being a hack, you've probably heard it, but maybe you don't really know what that means. Um, it's essentially, it, it's low-hanging fruit. It's easy laughs, which sometimes, you know, that, 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 that works. Sometimes it gets laughs, um, but it's the easy laugh. It's the first thing that you see that you know that somebody's going to laugh at strictly because it's, it's easy. It's there. You didn't have to put much work into it. Um, you didn't have to approach it from a different angle. You didn't have to, to make anybody... I'm not saying you have to make people think, but that's kind of what it's a, what it's about. It's like hitting somebody with something unexpected is is is, is almost what you want to do. Being hack is like, oh, you know that people are going to make fun of Donald Trump because he's orange, right? People know that you're going to make fun of Donald Trump because of his small hands and, and things like that. That's that's hack. And uh, Tim Dillon called a sketch that SNL did hack. Uh, because it had to do with um, the the Sesame Street, like Big Bird getting vaccinated and shit like that, and they talked about um, Joe Rogan taking ivermectin and and like horse medicine, which has been disproven. Like they, they they've been disproven. There was that whole thing with with Joe and CNN, and it's it's a it's CNN's big thing is to just take random shit that Joe Rogan does and and talk talk about it, which. Whether you agree or disagree with his viewpoints and his show, there's nobody that really does things like him in terms of having every walk of life on his show. He's had smart people. He's had not so smart people. He's had left. He's had right. He's had center. He's had, uh, uh, you know, just various experts. He's had people that have just done cool things on his show. As far as an entire body of work, there's really nothing that you can find on the internet that touches that many subjects and that many people uh, as as the as the Joe Rogan experience. It's just that's just just fact. The number of episodes and the people that he's had and the topics that he's covered is is there's not a lot of places that you can go to get that right and. So, like, CNN takes things because they know that he's a big name and they know that, I mean, he really, I mean, he's, ever ever since, you know, some other podcasts have kind of dissolved and fallen apart, like, the one thing that stayed true is 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 the JRE, right? And I think he took a hit when he went to Spotify, not monetarily, but as far as reach. I don't hear about the Joe Rogan experience nearly as much. Um, I personally don't really listen to it on Spotify too much. I do sometimes, but uh, I really do miss it on YouTube. I thought the comments was a big thing. I, I, I loved that and, and scrolling through that. And um, that's his decision. And I, I don't know if my dis if my opinion is unpopular or not, but I don't really listen to it as much that it's not on YouTube. 
I go to YouTube for podcasts. It's just what it is. Uh, or I, I'm sub to some, uh, some Patreon podcasts. But anyways, I got off topic. SNL did a sketch talking about, you know, Joe Rogan and Ivermectin and, and horse medicine, which again has been disproven. And Tim Dillon called it, called it hack because it is, it's a, it's, it's like, ha ha, he takes horse medicine. He's so stupid, stupid Joe, stupid knuckle dragging Joe, ha ha, stupid. Like, it's just kind of the, the easy thing to do whenever there was a million other things that they could have used for that sketch. There's, there's, there's so many other things that they could have used to not only make fun of Joe, but make fun of people who were using horse dewormer and things like that, because there were people that were doing that. There were so many other angles to that sketch. And uh, Tim Dillon called it hack and said that SNL has, like, he defended SNL in the tweet, essentially, saying that, like, there's people talking about SNL hasn't been funny since the 70s, and he was like, that's not true, and then he went into, like, you know, uh, the the Farley, David Spade, Adam Sandler era, uh, and you had uh, Norm MacDonald and Bill Hader, and, you know, you had um, so many people come up through that show, and he even went on to say that it is... Uh, quite possibly the single like most important I guess comedy platform in terms of what it's done for people's careers the types of of things that it has produced you got to think about the people that have gone through SNL okay some of the biggest names in comedy ever have come through SNL um, some of the most memorable moments have come through SNL and I love Saturday Night Live but the show is shitty. The show sucks. And whether that's NBC's fault, whether like TV has changed and that's NBC's fault, or if that's um, a lack of writing talent, I don't think it's a lack of writing talent because I've had some really good um, people come through there. And now they've got some more really good people. They've got Please Don't Destroy. It's that uh, the group of three guys that are like a sketch group. They're amazing. Everything they put out is gold. Um, I think Michael Che is a really smart, really talented comedian and a really good writer and I just don't see what SNL has been producing as being their best I don't and like I said I personally feel like that's an NBC thing that you know you're kind of handicapped you're kind of you know chained to the bedpost so to speak you can't you don't really have a lot of wiggle room there whenever you're whenever you're doing things for TV compared to doing something like for like a Netflix special or HBO or, or true, like, a, a stand-up comedy, or, um, like, people compare SNL to, to The Chappelle Show all the time because they're sketch shows. Um, the reason why Dave Chappelle was able to do the things that he was able to do is because he was on Comedy Central. It's totally different. You know, it's, it's NBC and Comedy Central, they're not even close in terms of, like, the things they allow on their shows or the things they allow on their network. And so you're kind of handicapped in terms of what you have to work with. So... Tim Dillon called it hack and uh, called it lazy. And Michael Che clapped back at Tim Dillon saying that uh, Tim was a failed stand-up comedian and uh, he became a, a media personality because it was easier to do. And he, he also said that Tim is, isn't what you think he is. Uh, he's a sweet, humble guy and, uh, and all of this. And so Tim's response to it, was that uh, that he sells more tickets than Michael Che because he had? I mean, he sold out his tour, 
I personally like Tim Dillon's comedy. I'm also a big fan of Michael Che's comedy as well. But I've only seen like one thing that he's done. You know? And I just... I just don't really know how to feel about it. Like, it's a couple of comedians, like, going at each other. And I think that's so fucking sad, man. Like, I don't really think it was a real beef unless what Tim said to Michael Che got under his skin because Michael Che didn't like the sketch. That's the only reason why I could think that Michael Che would be so defensive over a sketch about fucking Sesame Street like it's not like it's a major issue. It was a it was a sketch about Joe Rogan, Ivermectin, and Sesame Street. It's not like a major issue. And the only thing that I can think of is is if that if Michael Che didn't like the sketch and it made him more defensive. Because to me, like that's everything rolls off my back. Like I don't I, I have pretty thick skin. I think you have to to uh, be in in an entertainment space and be able to put yourself out there. Like nothing anybody says really matters to me other than my wife. I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. Um, I love the fact that you guys like the show and 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 like the the sketches and stuff. And that mean that does mean a lot to me. But like if somebody doesn't like something I'm doing, I don't really give a shit unless it's my wife. And unless for some reason I didn't like it. Like, I would be more defensive of something if I put it out, and I put it out because of a myriad of reasons. Maybe I got paid to put it out, or uh, maybe I was doing it because uh, somebody told me to do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing, is like, Michael Che, maybe he knew that sketch was shit, and uh, and put it out anyway, and then got called out about it, and he was defensive about it. Because everybody shits on SNL. It's like a thing now to shit on SNL. And it, it's because the show is different. It really is. I'm not saying everything they do is bad, because it's not. I talked about some of the sketches that they did that I really like, like the Please Don't Destroy guys. Those, those guys are awesome. And it seems like sketches are small pieces of them are good. But as a whole, the show sucks. It really does. It's not what it was. And I just, I, I think it's, I think it's fucking sad whenever comedians come after comedians personally. And I, I think that, do I blame Tim for what he said? No, because I think he defended SNL. I think, I think the point of his tweet personally was, um, pointing out that SNL has been good. That was the, to me, that was the point of the tweet was they can do better. They have done better. Um, they're not bad. They're not as bad as people make them out to be. Modern day SNL isn't as bad as people make it out to be. And uh, he just basically called it out, called him out for being lazy because I think that that was one of the problems over the last few years, especially during uh when, when Trump was president that was all they fucking did was was Trump impressions and Trump sketches and it's like dude I understand that he's a quote-unquote like media gold mine but the shit is fucking sad right now I remember watching SNL and being like oh my god another one my god you know and uh, I feel like they, they, they will because that show has been on so long and because 
I think NBC kind of, again, handcuffs their riders a little bit that they will get lazy. And I think that they will put out things that will get a laugh out of, you know, the 60-year-old that left the news on and is like, oh, Saturday Night Live's on. I guess I'll keep it on, you know. And I just... I think that whole exchange was was kind of goofy. Um, Andrew Schultz had an interesting take on it. He was saying that it was it was classic rap tactics that Michael Che isn't as big online as uh, like he doesn't have the the pull that a lot of comedians do online. He doesn't have the podcast to promote his new special. His new special was coming out literally like two or three days after this whole little beef happened. I think so. Saturday Night Live happened obviously on Saturday. Um, and then Michael Che's special, I think, dropped on Tuesday. And uh, so Andrew Schultz is saying as a way of him promoting his uh, his special, which if it is, it's genius. I think Michael Che is a smart guy. Why not? Why not kind of pick a fight with with one of the largest podcasts in the world? You know, one of the one of, one of the largest names in in podcasting and and giving giving his special a platform essentially with Tim Dillon you're going to get a lot of hate watchers you're going to get a lot of streams but there's going to be people that watch the the special whether they whether they watch it to hate you or watch it because they're actually interested in what you're doing there's going to be some people that you do convert and they're like oh okay that was funny not all of them obviously but you know it's going to be people cuz uh I'm sure Tim has talked about it on his podcast and I'm sure like you know what I mean it gives it, it gives him a platform it gives his special a a, a larger reach and if it was, then then you know, good on Michael Che. Um, I I ju- I just do think it's sad whenever comedians come for comedians, right? That that's just what it is. Like whenever comics come for comics, it, it's really shit because, in a lot of ways, the entire world looks at comics and they wait on them to fail. They look for reasons to cancel them. They look for reasons to get the to to undercut their platforms. They look for reasons to take away their source of income and essentially take away their career. And I, I do think it's sad whenever people come come for each other like that. But at the same time, you know, if it helps Michael Che, awesome. Tim Dillon's not going to be hurt because Tim Dillon has a completely isolated income in a sense. Like he's built his own community. He's built his own Patreon like up. He, he's not a part of the mainstream uh, media. He's not controlled by NBC, things like that. Like he's not going to lose his job. You know, he's always got a platform. So uh, nobody was really hurt, which is nice. Um, no careers were fucking ended or anything like that. But I did think that it was it was worth talking about because I think it, point, it, it brought some good points to the surface that, you know, on one hand, SNL has become very hack in a lot of ways. And uh, number two, Michael Che just reinforced the fact that you don't have to go through mainstream channels to be successful. Tim Dillon is a perfect example of that. Um, you know, I think his comedy's great. But I didn't find him for his comedy. I found him through podcasts. So, you know, there's that reach there. You don't you don't have to go through it's not it's not like it used to be. You know, you don't have to don't have to bend over backwards for for mainstream networks and and to claw and scrap and fight to uh to to get a platform to to grow an audience and and gain a platform so you know a couple of big things but I really do I don't want to say I miss old SNL because I think that's kind of a weird thing way of looking at it but 
I I remember staying up to watch SNL. I remember those old like growing up with those like the the Farley sketches and things like that. And it's it's sad. I have a I have a video on my on my channel actually like talking about how bad the SNL like one of the SNL sketches was that they did because they did a Twitch sketch last year during quarantine where they wanted to poke fun at at Twitch streamers and it sucked dick. It was so bad. The writing was bad, the the execution was bad. It was essentially again another hack thing where it's like ha ha dumb gamer. Oh, it was like it was like it was the epitome of like how how a how a seventy year old would would expect a Twitch streamer to act and look and talk, and it was just it was not good. It was bad, and some people defended the sketch. Some people thought that it was it was okay, you know, things like that. And there's always going to be lifetime fans of SNL, but I think you guys need to need to kind of take a step back, take off the rose colored glasses or rose tinted glasses, sorry, and uh, and take a good long look at at SNL in terms of in terms of the quality of sketches. Is what they're doing, um, the what you'd expect them to do, because that's a lot of what comedy is. You know, there's easy laughs, and then there's there's finding funny. That's what that's what how I like to refer to it is finding funny, finding something humorous out of. Uh, out of maybe something that's not so funny, maybe something that's maybe kind of a tough situation, or um, even even something that you people wouldn't expect to laugh at, right? Because there's there's easy comedy and there's easy laughs and there's hack and and there's all that shit. But finding funny, you know, looking at a sketch and being like, I didn't expect that to be funny. I never thought that I would laugh at that, but that was so good, that was well written, that was well executed and well delivered, and it made me find a laugh where I normally wouldn't have that to me is is the epitome of what comedy is 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 not rehashing something that somebody has already found out to be funny it's taking something that maybe people wouldn't think is funny and turning it into funny you know some people call it making light of a situation you know oh this was a terrible situation uh, you know, you, you, you shouldn't joke about that. Who are you to tell me what I can and can't joke about? I can make jokes all I want. You don't have to like it. I'm sorry if, if, if you didn't like that. But fact is, in order to, to find the funny, you do have to take shots and you do have to take, uh, uh risks sometimes. And you do have to, to, I think be smart about it. I think you do have to have some tact. But at the end of the day, there are some people that that just like the fucking when you when when you go all in. Tom Segura has a great bit about that, where he talks about um, the difference in pet love and child love. He said that pet love is real. He's not going to to deny that. He's got a dog that he loves dearly, but. The difference in child love and pet love is if that dog were to ever hurt his child, he would immediately and without question drown that dog. And like the crowd always has like an interesting reaction to that. And he he imitates drowning the dog. He's like, and he like holds it under. And he said the dog always makes noises like, 
And he says the crowd reaction is always one of two things. It's either don't do the don't do the arf. It makes it real. So there's people there. But then there's also people like, no, do the Yelp, man. That's my favorite shit. Some people like that. Comedy is so subjective, man. But in, in all honesty, just finding something funny is is one of the most rewarding things, but also one of the... It's what makes comedy great. Being able to look at something that you never in a million years thought that you would laugh at and be able to look at it in a, in a slightly different way. And just, just... To me, it takes people into the mind of a comic for just a little bit. Because a lot of people look at a situation and they see the bad and they dissect it and they sit on it and they see it and they react to it, right? They, they react to the situation the way a normal human emotional response would be. The way my mind works is I look at a situation and everything looks so goddamn ridiculous to me. And I get to bring you guys into that space with me for just a little bit. You can just get a glimpse. And you can take a walk around and then, and then you know, then we move on. <laughs> but you get a glimpse into, into the stupid shit that I see on a daily basis and the most ridiculous things that I see. And I think George Carlin was the best at that. I think George Carlin was, uh, was the absolute epitome of taking things that uh, that maybe people wouldn't have found humorous or or had never laughed at before, and and being able to kind of change the perception a little bit, and I think that's because one reason he was a, just a crotchety old man. That guy seemed like he hated everything, but uh, but his material was good. It was very good, no matter what you thought about him at the, uh, towards the end of his career. But he's he's got some good bits. You might not agree with him, but you know the way he delivered it, man, it was fucking. You might not agree with everything he said, but it was funny as hell. He was, uh, it's just the, the ramblings of a crotchety old man, but it was gold. He was good, man. And that's kind of the way I, the way I like to look at it is, is finding funny in those, in those situations and, and kind of bringing you in, give you a little insight, but that I think is where I'm going to leave the episode. We talked about a lot today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for hanging out. There'll be a new Patreon episode coming up on Monday. Uh, at 10 p.m. So be sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Lance. The Lance has two L's. Um, new sketches soon on the YouTube as always. Check out the Twitch stream as well. We've been streaming on Twitch. I've been playing around with streaming on YouTube, thinking about it, kind of going back and forth. I've also been thinking about maybe live streaming an episode or two of the podcast, but um, in, you know maybe doing like a live Q&A for the podcast, but haven't decided on that yet. But, uh, but if you like me to cover any topics or anything like that, like I said, that's on the Patreon for you. Um, it's a, it's a dollar to sign up and, uh, and you can, you can message me different shit or, or, or send me stuff there. So I really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for, uh, for hanging out with me today and I will see you lovely people next time. <laughs>